Hello, and welcome to the Gravel Ride Podcast, where we go deep on the sport of gravel cycling through in-depth interviews with product designers, event organizers, and athletes who are pioneering the sport. I'm your host, Craig Dalton, a lifelong cyclist who discovered gravel cycling back in 2016 and made all the mistakes you don't need to make. I approach each episode as a beginner to unlock all the knowledge you need to become a great gravel cyclist. This week on the show, we're welcoming Sarah Wallenstein from Dynamic Cyclist from British Columbia to talk to us about stretching and strength training and how important it is for us as gravel cyclists. Dynamic Cyclist has been around for five years, providing a video-based stretching and strength training program for cyclists. It was developed specifically because the founders saw the need in their lives for stretching and strength training to support their cycling endeavors. I had a super fun conversation with Sarah, and I can't wait to get into it. Hey, Sarah, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited to dig into all things stretching. I feel like every winter period, I start thinking about stretching and then forget about it in the summer (laughs) period. But it's super poignant for me every winter as I'm like, what can I do to really make sure I'm going to have a fun and productive cycling season? Yeah, that's funny how that works, though. As soon as we're back on our bike, we uh, we let it go. <laughs> and everybody I've, everybody I've spoken to in terms of recovery, PT, performance, like they always say stretching or yoga, like it has to be part of your program. And mm-hmm. I've certainly been hung up on this as a, an aging athlete just of how to keep my performances high. And it is so often not about riding my bike more or, you know, doing intervals or anything like that. It's just about creating a a body that can, you know, just be, have the flexibility and have the resilience to handle gravel cycling. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We all start off by the show by learning a little bit more about you. So Sarah, can you tell us where, where you're located Um, And maybe just a little bit about your background as a cyclist and maybe something you're excited for this cycling season. Sure. Um, My name is Sarah Wallenstein, and um, I live in Kelowna, BC. So beautiful cycling here, pretty much any kind. I have, you know, the classic road, gravel, mountain bike (laughs) shed. Um, I grew up cycling. It's very much a part of my family's culture. Um, my parents for their honeymoon rode across both islands in New Zealand. Um, my aunt and uncle toured most of Europe. Um, so it's just, it's something that has always been a part of our family. And then as we grew up kind of seeing that uh, in the adults in our lives, it was just natural that we would also hop on bikes and go places and um, uh, explore that way. So it's, yeah, biking has always been such an important part of my life. Amazing. And was it, um, when did gravel cycling come into your cycling <laughs> worldview and what's the gravel cycling near you like? Yeah, it definitely, it came in last. Um, so I started off on road, um, and doing triathlon when I was, I did my first triathlon when I was 12. Uh, and then I morphed into mountain biking cause that was the fun adrenaline while I was a teenager. And I raced, um, cross country mountain biking all through high school uh, gravel has definitely been, it's within the last couple of years. I mean, it's exploded in popularity within the last couple of years. 
Um, and just as roads have become more and more busy, I still love my road bike, but I love the quiet that you can, can you can get on gravel and just go, you know, for six hours and not see anyone else. <laughs> I love I love that part of it because um, I also come from I did some ultra running as well, and I've loved that just getting lost in the woods and you can achieve that on a gravel bike. Um, and in the Okanagan, we are so blessed. We have the KVR, which is just such a nice intro to gravel riding because you can go um, you can go for days and you're just on railroad grade because uh, it's the old railroad uh, track. So it's no more than 2% incline. <laughs> so it's just an amazing way to explore our valley. So that's the main, um, the main kind of route that I do a lot of my gravel riding on because it's just, it's easy, it's beautiful, it's fun. We have you know these amazing wood trestles that you get to go across and canyons and it's stunning and it's 10 minutes from my house so can't really beat it amazing and given the prevalence of mountain bike trails do you in that area as well do you tend to kind of underbike and explore those trails on your gravel bike or is it kind of more that rails to trail type riding that you like to enjoy no i've definitely i've definitely pushed my gravel bike on <laughs> onto single track and trying to test out how that feels um, I am signed up for the BC Epic this year, and that does include some single track. So I've been wanting to kind of test my, <laughs> test how that feels. Um, and it just, it opens up where you can go to and exploring, you know, discontinued uh, logging roads that are a lot rougher, but uh, can get you to some cool places. What is the BC Epic? Um, so it's a thousand kilometer ride that takes you from Merritt to Fernie. Uh, and it's all, they have a breakdown of what it is, but I think it's, it's 80% gravel, 10% single track, and then 10% road. Um, and so you basically have however long it's going to take you and you start out as a group. It's not a paid race. It's just an event that you just start with a group of like-minded people and then spread out over the days to come. <laughs> so it's amazing. Is it? Shot. Is it a bike packing style race where you have a grand depart and however yeah. you want to handle it, you handle yeah. it? Exactly. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. Is your vision that you'll you'll um bike pack it in the context like you'll be camping every night or are you gonna credit card toward is that even possible? Um, you can quite a few people, especially um last year it was it was like a heat dome during the race time, which was really unfortunate. Um so a Quite a few riders did get a couple hotels along the way just to cool down, which is totally fair. Uh, I'm hoping it'll be a lot cooler, uh, and I want to do it all camping. Um, okay. There's only two nights that you could possibly spend in the town. Yeah. And do you have a vision for how long that'll take you? In days? I'm, yeah, I'm thinking seven days. I'd like to do it in a week. Uh, the course record is three in a bit so very fast but i like my sleep way too much so <laughs> <Yeah. gonna> sleep. <laughs> i hear you on that well it sounds like we could do a whole episode on that endeavor because that sounds <laughs> super exciting and i i hope you'll keep me posted on how it goes because it's we'll fascinated yeah. by that kind of thing but we're here to talk about dynamic cyclists yeah so why don't why don't we start by what is dynamic cyclist when was it founded and we can go from there sure uh, Dynamic Cyclist is um, an online video-based program that provides stretching and strength training, specifically designed for cyclists. That's the sales pitch. That's what it, we are. Um, 
we started back in 2018 and it kind of came about in a random way. Um, so myself and the two co-founders, um, they actually hired me on as a blog writer um, for a site called ilovebicycling.com. And I just come out of a newsroom. I'd, I'd kind of tested the waters of journalism. It wasn't what I wanted it to be. I was looking for an out. So this writing job came up to write about bikes and I uh, jumped on that. And from there, the blog was kind of hard because it's like the end of when blogging could make money. So <laughs> they were just kind of paying me out of pocket and just, okay, we'll eventually do something. We'll figure something out. Um, and we were just sitting around one day and just talking about cycling and what is missing in the cycling world. And it came down to both Lee and I, one of the co-founders, were both cyclists. And he said, I know I should be stretching. I never do. So what can we offer in that world? Can we create something that we ourselves want to use that will help us? Therefore, it will help other cyclists. And that's kind of how Dynamic Cyclist was born. So I took that idea and built the website and worked with a physiotherapist and sports therapist to put together the programming and record the videos. And we went from there. It's super interesting. I mean, obviously like the best entrepreneurial stories are much very similar to that, right? It was just like, what is missing from the world? And I think many cyclists can own up to the fact that we've been aware of cycling or, or sorry, stretching our entire lives, but mm -hmm. we're not doing enough of it. Mm -hmm. I also find it interesting that you, you know, you started from a content perspective because I've, been aware of the brand for many years and it's always been sort of in that context of like you're, you've been putting good content in front of me clearly like as i mentioned earlier i think about stretching hardcore every winter and click through and you know obviously you were chasing me around the internet with your ads for <laughs> yeah. forever and I'm, I'm glad i finally clicked through and it, in fact i'll mention this and we'll come back to it it couldn't be easier because you offer a seven-day free trial so if you're curious what it's all about, just jump in and try it. Mm -hmm. But to put a, point, a fine point on that, what is the type of programming you offer? Specifically, it's a video, right? Yeah. Yeah. We, we designed it with ourselves in mind, which sounds weird, but as cyclists, you know, I've tried yoga and no offense, yoga is amazing and works for so many people, but I would get bored. And I think a lot of cyclists are the same. We're a certain type of people that have to be on the move, right? So doing an hour long class just isn't appealing. I'm going to go once and then I'm not going to go again. So what we were aiming to do and what the website is, is trying to keep that video, that routine to 15 to 20 minutes tops. Um, it's bite size. That's, that's doable. You know, it's funny, human nature, anything above 20 minutes. And you're like, oh, I don't have 20 minutes, but <laughs> you do. I promise you do. Um, and we wanted it to just be, you click play, you follow along, you don't have to think about it. You know you're targeting the right areas for you as a cyclist. And then you're done. Then you can, you know, get on with your day, hop on your bike, whatever else you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think those two points landed very well with me. Just this, A, this idea that, yes, yoga would be a great thing. And if I had a yoga routine, that would be amazing. But it is an hour long and I struggle with finding enough workout time for my cycling passion, let alone adding something like that in. And 20 minutes is available to me. Mm -hmm. Hopefully it's available to all of us. You can 
I, I've found a little time, like if my son's watching TV, I just have it up on my phone and I do stretches where normally I might just be cuddling with him and watching a show that has no interest to an adult. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. no, that's perfect. And the, what type of equipment is typically involved? Like what do mm-hmm. I have to have in my home in order to successfully complete the program? Yeah. We've tried to keep it as minimal as possible or things you can use that are around the house. The list has grown over the years as we've added more content because, you know, the more we add, the more we're trying to find new ways, new exciting ways to stretch your hamstrings, you know, <laughs> get creative. Uh, but for the stretching program, all you'll need is just a mat or a space to do it. Um, blocks, you can use books, um, a strap, use a belt, it works. Um, and then a broomstick believe it or not, we use it as like a pole that you can do some upper mobility stuff with. Um, and that's all you need to get started. And then a foam roller, if you want to include, the, we do include some foam rolling and uh, release stuff. So yeah. 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 I think when I, when I think about starting the program each night, I'm thinking about the foam roller, the block and a strap. Like yeah. those are my, those, those are, my are the main go-tos. phase. Yeah. <laughs> I do like, and I have done a little bit of broom work and it is interesting how it adds um, just a little something uh, additional to your mm-hmm. twisting activities. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's it's such an interesting concept and we talk about stretching, but why is stretching important for cyclists? Yeah, this is, this is the big thing. It's, it's important for cyclists, of course, but it really is important for everyone. But why cyclists specifically? Um, when you think about when you're on the bike, and the pedaling motion, you're taking your muscles through a linear range of motion for one. So you're moving in one direction. You're not going out to either side. Um, And you're also never taking the hip, the knee, or the ankle joint to its fullest range of motion. So we're never straightening out those joints. There's always a little bend, which can just put a lot of pressure on those muscles and those joints because they're not fully extending. So just what this can do, you're also taking it through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of repetitions on the bike, right? So it's, of course, cycling is so good for you and it's amazing for your joints because it's low impact, but you are taking it through the exact same range of motion over and over. Um, And we're bent over, which doesn't help us, uh, especially with our modern lifestyles, which we spend a lot of time at desks, driving, sitting on the couch, and then it's just more time spent with our hips crunched, are back hunched. Um, so all of that kind of accumulates to muscle imbalance, poor posture. Uh, we all know, you know, we all hunch forward uh, slowly over time. And it also just, it turns our quads into powerhouses and then our weak little hamstrings can't handle it and they weaken and uh, loosen and it can just throw off the whole pelvis is essentially what happens. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. I mean, if we just... If you're out there listening and you think about how many hours in in your week you pedal a bike and how many weeks in your life you've been a cyclist, we become very good at doing one thing. And Mm -hmm. I always tell that to people like, you know, I feel like I'm a a decent endurance athlete on a bike, but (laughs) but I am not a decent endurance athlete in many other things because the rest of my body is just not conditioned to do it. And Mm -hmm. I've been making concerted effort to kind of diversify my my personal sporting interests with just the sense that I'm not going to be able to continue cycling if I don't 
consider other muscle groups, mm-hmm. you know, the just general well-being of my body. I recently joined a gym. Don't, you know, God forbid, I finally did it. But <laughs> one of the offers they had was like a, a full 360 body scan. And the person who was interpreting for it for me was talking about my muscle mass and my fat and where they're distributed. And we were talking about like my inner thigh area. I think that's the adductor. Mm-hmm. And how it was so underdeveloped compared to the rest of my leg muscles. Yeah. And to your point, as you were describing that pedal motion, like we're doing one thing and it's involving a lot of muscle groups in our legs, but not all the muscle groups yeah. in our legs. And uh, yeah. Uh, sorry. Another thing that can happen, you just, you brought up the adductors and they're the perfect example. Um, and a lot of endurance cyclists will understand this, that, you know, when you're at hour four, five, six on a bike and those powerhouse muscles are starting to fatigue, it's those stabilizing ones that we don't ask to do anything for us that start to be recruited like the adductors. And that's when you can get insane cramping or um, fatigue because those just fatigue so quickly because they're not up to the task. You ask them to help and they're just these weak little things that can't do, <laughs> can't do it. So. It's so funny you say that because in the instances where I have had those vicious cramps late in an event, it's been yeah. the adductor. Yeah. And it's been a friggin' disaster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the calves will do that to you too. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing we were exploring as, you know, this woman was sort of analyzing my my issues was just how my muscles that, as you were saying, aren't the strongest late in the day when I'm riding are compensating and mm-hmm. causing all kinds of problems in my back. And yeah. so we've just kind of brought together this, this idea that you need to stretch more and we do need to look at a more holistic weightlifting routine mm-hmm. to strengthen these other areas. Yeah. As much as our, our core programming and where we started was with stretching, it's almost we had to ease ourselves into it and therefore our members, you know, it's like, okay, you know, you need to stretch, you should stretch. And then we just snuck strength training in there as well. Yeah. It's equally as important and just as much of a foundation of our programming. But we just have to kind of be a little quieter about it. Because when you ask people to stretch and strengthen, I don't have time for that. But we do and, have um, routines that combine them, right? That combine the mobility work and the stability yeah. work to make that as easy as and I've got a bone to pick with you because <laughs> I'm quite sure I'm doing ab and core work. Yes, yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, the core is one of the most neglected things that's like it's, uh, they don't understand the importance of. And I mean, low back pain is the number one thing that comes up for cyclists. Um, I don't care what level you are. If you ride your bike for over an hour, your low back is going to start hurting if your core is not strong. And all that is, is your core and your hamstrings and your glutes are the supporters for your low back and your pelvis. And so if your core isn't up to the job, your low back is just going to have the little wave in it. It's going to cave in and your low back will have pain on and off the bike. Um, you need a strong core. There's no way to sugarcoat it. Yeah. 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 And I think it's, you know, it's interesting as we age as athletes, you can kind of fake a lot of things in your twenties and maybe early thirties if you're lucky, Mm -hmm. but as you get into your forties and fifties and beyond, it it starts to add up. And that's my, certainly my advice and takeaway to younger athletes is get a routine and build those strength systems 
earlier rather than later. Mm-hmm. It's probably obvious if you're a high performing professional cyclist that you need to do that. But even for amateur cyclists, like if you want to be long into this game of cycling and cycling mm-hmm. can be a sport that'll be around your entire life, but yeah. you still have to play a few other cards in order to make sure you're, you've got the right platform to enjoy cycling. Yeah. Absolutely. It's been interesting over the past five years that we've had dynamic cyclists because our our membership in the beginning was very much, you know, 50 plus um, older athletes who who want to keep riding but are experiencing those pain points. So we're, you know, ready to jump on a solution. But the longer we've been around, the more and more the 20 somethings, 30 somethings are getting in there because they're seeing the value of that as well. Of, okay, I want to be doing this in 30 years. So what do I have to do now to, to make sure that can happen? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So you've got, uh, can you describe the program just a little bit? You've got the sure. sort of basic strength, or sorry, the basic stretching program, mm-hmm. but you've also got some derivative programs to specific parts of the body or ailments. Yes. Um, so yeah, as I said, the core of our programming is a daily stretching video. We have over two years of content in that you'll have a a new routine every day um, that are stretching and some we sneak some mobility and like dynamic exercises in there as well you you want to be moving through the range of motion not just doing static stretches so um that's the core of the program and then we have various different strength training programs so we have like a beginner intermediate advanced and then a winter strength training program that is designed where you're not as on your bike as much because it does fatigue those powerhouse muscles you're going to be using on the bike that you may not need to work those while you're riding as much. Um, And then we do have our injury programming, which has become kind of our more popular programming. So we have a low back programming program, a knee, a hip, um, an ankle reset and foot, which, you know, a lot of people don't understand, you know, like that seems kind of random, but it is very important to start at the base and work up. Um, And what these programs do is they combine into 20 minutes the mobility, stretching work, and the strength training that you need to be doing to correct um, the muscle imbalance that is likely causing pain in those areas. So, yes, you're going to be doing core strength in a HIIT program because it's all connected. So you're, you're working on stretching and strengthening those surrounding muscles around that joint to make sure um, that it is balanced. Yeah, I went through the the seven day introductory kind of trial period for the basic uh, stretching, mm-hmm. and then went right into I think I'm like 21 days into the low back. Yeah, uh, phase one. Training. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the The injury programs are they're going to be at least six weeks, um, just because that is what it takes to experience results. Um, I promise you can do it <laughs> 20 minutes a day, even if it takes you, you know, two months, three months to get through that one program, you're still, uh, doing your body a huge service. That's good to know. And I didn't internalize that concept. Maybe I saw at some level that the first phase was six weeks, but that's mm-hmm. what your research or experience has shown that it takes six weeks to kind of get a little bit of impact in that area. Yeah. You will feel results right away. You're, you're going to have faster recovery. You're going to just feel better. Um, but to actually start to change um, those structures and the way the muscles recover and the length of muscles takes four to six weeks. Yeah. yeah. And how about with the uh, the basic stretching routine? I mean, you just mentioned, you know, you'll start to feel some more elasticity potentially mm-hmm. in your areas, but 
Is there a particular amount of time that you really want people to stay on the program for every year? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I mean, ideally, you continue on forever. <laughs> Not with dynamic cyclists, but you continue this mobility practice. We have yeah. a ton of members who have been with us since the beginning. And, you know, they reach a point that they're like, you know what? I've learned so much from you guys. Loved it. And they move on because they've they've made it so a part of their routine in their life. They know all the exercises they should be doing. They're good to just put on music and do their own routine at this point. Yeah. And we're totally happy with that. If if you can learn from us to put together your own routines, your own injury prevention, that's great. Um, yeah, job well done at that yeah. point. <laughs> we'll pat ourselves on the back and wish you well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When you think about cycling, what are the, in, 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 if you wanted to impart the listener with like three focal areas you think that they should spend most of their time thinking about and, and mm -hmm. working on from a stretching um, perspective, what would those be? That's an interesting question because it's, you know, I, I would go to say like hamstrings are the number one thing, um, but they're kind of a different problem for everyone. They're super tight, but they may not be um shortened as you think they might be but it might be the overdevelopment of the quads that's pulling it so there's no stretch there because it's stretched to the point of its limit um there's a bunch of things that go into fixing that but the hamstrings are more important of course you should be stretching them but you should be strengthening them those need to go hand in hand that would be my number one <laughs> does the hamstring um, does it connect to other well obviously it does but where does it connect and what other parts of the body does like poor hamstring maintenance uh, attributes problems to? Yeah, the poor hamstring maintenance is a large cause of the low back pain as well, because um, it connects to the pelvis at the top. Um, and then as well, it comes around and the quads and the hamstrings are so connected. So like what is happening with one uh, is going to affect the other. Yeah. Um, but that's where a lot of both knee and hip pain comes from is the hamstring and then what it does as it like goes down the chain. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So that's first is our hamstring area. <laughs> hamstring. What, what would you put second? Uh, we've already talked about it, but I would say low back and core um, are the next biggest things just because that is going to be the thing that um, we've found injury wise. It's there's some things like knee pain, you'll get off the bike and you'll be walking and it goes away and it may hurt just when you're on your bike. Low back pain sticks around. It'll hurt when you go to pick up your groceries or whatever. So it's yeah. just one of the most important things you should hop on as soon as you feel that little tweak, <laughs> you know, before it gets any worse. And you mentioned earlier the sort of the, the importance of core strength mm -hmm. when you perhaps are, are fatigued on the bike because without core strength, other other areas of your back may be taking the brunt mm -hmm. of holding you in the in the correct position. So core strengthening is one element of that. How do you access and what type of stretching do you recommend for the back? Um, the most important stretching uh, is like twists that you can do in the spine because uh, we don't we don't actually ask a lot from our back especially on the bike you know we're in one position holding so anything that we can work on you know the thoracic spine and how important that is to just have that range of motion um will impact the low back as well um and as <laughs> it may sound weird but the quads 
are so important to stretch, roll, release, um, just break up that tension because cyclists are known for our overdeveloped quads. That's the that's the yeah. main thing. So um, that's one of yeah. the most important areas. Yeah, that and the IT band and the IT band's contributions to low back have been something mm -hmm. that I've definitely acknowledged in my own body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was two, and I'm not going to command you to get me a third, <laughs> but if you have a third, let's hear um, it. Yeah, the hip flexor. We actually just released an intensive hip program. Um, our new injury programming includes uh, an informational piece because we want people to understand why they're doing these things and why it's important. So we brought in um, uh, Dr. Ben, we like to call him, um, to just, he's really good at explaining the joint and why these injuries happen. Um, and the hip is so important because it's number one, just the biggest joint in the body, most complex, most, you know, elements going in there. Um, and it's also one that, as I mentioned before, in the way that most of our, most of us live our lives is just crunched all the time at a 90 degree angle, you know, uh, standing desks and stuff like that help, but our hips are notoriously tight and weak. I mean, you try to go into a pigeon pose, you go to a yoga class, you know that your hips are tight, <laughs> you know that that. That doesn't feel good. Um, and again, that can impact you on the bike if that hip flexor muscle, which again gets recruited as the quads fatigue, if it's not up to it, you're going to uh, start feeling it in other areas. So has to both, again, be stretched and strengthened. Yeah, 100%. And I'm 100% guilty of that. <laughs> have felt that on many occasions. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that, you know, a lot of times we learn how to stretch and we learn the basic stretch. And one of the neat things about the program that I've observed was positioning your feet at different angles while you're doing stretches. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're doing like sort of a, a bent over stretch for lack of a better definition of what I'm talking about, yeah. it was super interesting to like, to really feel how probably limiting my approach had been previously mm -hmm. without doing the different feet positions to access different parts of that mm -hmm. muscle. Yeah. And that's something that has come up the longer we've been doing this and also working with professionals who, who can pull from these amazing libraries in their brains of, you know, how to reach those harder to get muscles. And like, for an example, I think we have like five different versions of a low lunge because you know, the basic one, but the position of your foot matters. What you're doing, engaging your pelvis matters. You put a pole out in front, that changes it entirely. So we're always trying to introduce, um, you know, everyone knows how to do a lunge, but how can we make this um, target different muscles? And it's really interesting to feel when you add just a little variant and it hits a different place entirely. Yeah, for me, it was immediate. The body gave me that feedback and I was mm -hmm. like, whoa. It made made a ton of sense once I did it, but never thought about it prior to doing yeah. it. Why am I turning my toes in? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I know you've got some other sort of minor parts of the, the offering in like training plans. And I did just want to give you an opportunity to mention that. Sure. Um, because we have been around for five years at this point, we've been constantly working with our members um, to offer them more value, more of what they want and need in their cycling journey. And so we worked with um, one of Canada's best uh, triathletes, Jasper Blake, to put together 
four different training plans and integrate that with our stretching and strength programming to make that just all encompassing and as easy as possible. Um, we do integrate with training peaks on that level, but it is very basic <laughs> integration because we're not a tech company. So it is what it is. It exists on training peaks. You can use that in your training peaks account. Um, we have the training plans. We do have some skills courses as well. For it's very beginner cyclist stuff, you know, like how to clip in for the first time, how to corner. Um, and then we do have some, you know, yoga, Pilates, roll and release section, just learning how to roll out the different parts of your body and why. Um, and I think that that is it. <laughs> yeah, I was I was impressed when I when I got into my dashboard and saw mm -hmm. all those different opportunities to mm -hmm. learn about stretching and strength training is super cool. There's like a lot there. It's really easy to use. Everything seems to be pretty straightforward in, mm -hmm. in terms of how it's organized. And I, I basically, I, I feel like I, I've accessed it from three different devices now, my, my personal computer, my phone, and my iPad. And yeah. I just log in and it sort of knows exactly where I left off and is ready to serve me up that mm -hmm. video, which I appreciate because I don't have to spend a lot of time futzing around like, Mm -hmm. I believe I have the 20 minutes. I don't believe I have 22. <laughs> so I want to get right into it. No, again, we, we were the first product <laughs> testers and it had to be no more than two clicks. <laughs> that was it. So uh, we try to make it as easy as possible. And, and we love hearing from our members as well and just what we can offer them. And, you know, like the ankle injury program that we have um, that was requested by members, you know, like this is an area that I'm having issues with. Can you put something together? And we did. And so we love, we love bringing our team um, together to solve problems like this. That's great. That's great. Well, I, I appreciate everything you guys are doing. It's been an interesting program for me. I mean, I think I, I clearly have not hit that six-week mark yet, so <laughs> I need to keep doubling down on my efforts and make this part of my 2023 routine. Mm -hmm. I also appreciate just hearing about the business story behind Dynamic Cyclist, and I, I love that entrepreneurial journey of Hey, this is missing. We love cycling. This would be a great part of our lives. Let's see if it would fit into the broader cycling community. So, mm -hmm. kudos to you guys for just getting mm -hmm. off the dime and creating something. And five years later, having this vast catalog of content that we're mm -hmm. now lucky enough to tap into. Yeah, it's been a it's been an awesome journey and uh, so much fun working with you know different sports therapists and physios and. I've learned so much. I didn't come into this as a physio. I came from, you know, the content side, like you said. And so it's, uh, it's been awesome. Super cool. What's the best way for people to find out about Dynamic Cyclist? Yeah, just uh, Google us or go to dynamiccyclist.com. Um, this Sunday, exciting news, we are launching our own custom app, finally. Uh, so you will be able to search Dynamic Cyclist on the App Store um, and purchase from there. Try uh, try the seven-day trial. Um, and that'll just make the whole um, multi-use streaming, you know, if you want to cast your TV, it's just going to be a lot easier. And also one of the biggest features that our members have been asking for, because we do have a lot of bike packers, endurance cyclists, is a download like offload um offline viewing feature which the app now has so you can preload you know a couple weeks of programming do it on your phone you know on the side of the road you know make sure you go well off the side but um we wanted to uh give that to our members as well awesome super yeah. exciting feels like one less click 
that I'm now away from <laughs> exactly. getting the content. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, thanks so much for the overview. This was awesome. And I, you know, like I said, I encourage people to go check out dynamiccyclist.com and see if it's a fit for you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me and feel free to reach out to us on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, our team is always checking and we'd love to hear from you. Right on. Awesome. Big thanks to Sarah for joining the show today. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. And I hope even further that you're embracing stretching as part of your cycling routine. I know how important it is. So many people have told me I need to be doing more of it over the years. And I only wish I did it earlier. Personal experience with Dynamic Cyclist has been pretty easy to find those time slots. The format's quite easy and engaging to do. And I do see clear benefits in what I'm experiencing. If you're interested in learning more, head on over to Dynamic Cyclist. Sarah has shared a discount code with me. Simply use the gravel ride and you'll get 15% off any of their plans. They have that free trial. So head on over, give it a go. If it seems like a fit for you, feel free to enroll. If not, just remember, keep stretching. If you're looking to connect with me, the easiest way is to head on over to The Ridership. That's www.theridership.com. That's a free online community we started to connect gravel cyclists from all over the world. I'm certainly no expert on everything in the sport, and I've found immeasurable amounts of knowledge from the other community members. It's over 1,500 riders strong at this point from all over the world, so go check it out if that sounds of interest to you. If you're able to support the podcast, there's a couple easy ways in which you can do that. If you have the financial means, please visit buymeacoffee.com slash thegravelride. I'd love your ongoing support for the podcast. Separately, ratings and reviews are hugely appreciated. It really helps with the discoverability of the podcast. So if you have the ability to share with a friend or write a rating or review in your favorite podcast app. Amazing. I love you for it. Until next time, here's to finding some dirt under your wheels. <laughs>